Act Two, Part One of Charlie's Aunt by Brandon Thomas. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two Dedication. While there's tea, there's hope. Arthur Wing Pinero. Scene Exterior of Jack Chesney's Rooms, St. Old's College, Oxford. Housepiece showing part of college, with two casement windows on ground floor and two above, at back, with arch right center in continuation. View of quad beyond. Door with knocker and nameplate to rooms, running from housepiece and showing through arch. Low wall joining this to arch, showing chapel down right through arch. Continuation of college up left. Window on first floor and small arch beneath running down stage. Arch down left to garden. Trees right and left and meeting overhead. Yellow sunlight, afternoon small round iron table center, with two first act chairs right and left of it. Victorian wicker or white iron may be substituted if preferred. Rustic chair up center with cushions. Table left of it. Lights full up. Brasset discovered above table center with cigarette box, ashtray, and matchbox on salver. Places them on table center. Well, we're sailing along. Looks off left. He makes a wonderful old lady, not a doubt about it. With another look. A bit singular to look at, perhaps. But then look at some of your old ladies. Nobody'd believe em possible. And he doesn't seem a bit worse to look at than two or three I could mention holdin' very high positions, too. Looks off again. Both the old gents have got their eye on her. Amused. Law, if they only knew. I fancy Sir Francis his favorite, though old Spedigue fancies himself. Chuckles loudly going down left. <laughs> well, college gents'll do anything. <laughs> Enter Jack through arch right center, wearing straw hat. Sees Brasset. Jack coming down in front of table to Brasset, severely. What are you laughing at, eh? Beg pardon, sir. I was thinking of an old aunt of mine. Eh? Brasset, respectfully. Uh, uncle, I mean. Mind your own business, and go and get tea, do you see? Tea. Tea, sir. Yes, sir. Goes up to right center. Out here. Going left. Brasset, turning, surprised. Out here, sir? Yes. Don't stare like that. It's all right. I've got special permission. Oh, beg pardon, sir. Exit through arch right center to rooms. Well, now for Kitty. Where is she? Everything's going on all right at last. Sits left of table center. Babs frightened the life out of me two or three times at lunch, the way he walked into things as if he hadn't had food for a month. But we've got over the worst. Looking off left. All the same, I haven't been able to have my chat yet with Kitty, but now they're all nicely settled down, I've given her a hint to meet me here where we can talk quietly. Enter Charlie quickly, right center, looking off right. Jack rises, turns quickly, hearing footsteps. Here she is. Both raise hats. Meet center. Turn away in disgust. Oh, hang it. I've a most particular appointment here with Kitty, so hook it. But so have I, Jack. With Kitty? No, with Amy. 
then we've both made appointments in the same place confound it all what are we to do charlie sadly crossing left well that ain't your rooms jack aggressively yes but you're my guest suddenly and brightly here come on feels in pockets has nothing we'll toss for it they come center got any money charlie brings out of pockets knife string a key and a halfpenny halfpenny that's all jack takes halfpenny sudden death tosses heads you and amy tails me and sees kitty off left here she is pockets coin crosses to left center charlie to jack jack that's all the money i've got enter kitty left charlie looks disgusted and goes right center oh mr chesney there you are jack with a look at charlie yes i'm here in fact waiting another look at charlie aside to kitty i was beginning to fear you wouldn't come another look at charlie then crosses to him why don't you go have you no tact enter amy right center charlie to jack aside but what about me and amy amy coming down right to charlie oh mr wickham there you are yes i was coming i, I was waiting i am here going to amy business of looks etc between jack and charlie jack aside beastly awkward with sudden determination oh i say charlie have you shown miss pettigue all round the garden charlie cloudily yes jack i have two or three times in fact we've just come from there aside to amy i wish he'd leave us jack after a pause to amy uh lovely garden isn't it yes i suppose it is jack catching at it suppose goes behind amy and charlie taking them by the arm to left center oh you haven't half seen it charlie miss pettigue hasn't half seen the garden kitty goes up behind table to arch right center watching with interest and amusement take her and show her the roses and primroses and cabbages and things amy wanders up looks off up left charlie stopping left center but jack i and charlie tell miss pettigue those beautiful lines of yours to our garden in summer charlie aside to jack anxiously jack don't tell her i write poetry she'll think i'm an awful ass amy comes down left again jack turning left to amy and don't forget miss pettigue tea here in half an hour oh very well mr chesney exit slowly left charlie following amy then turns back aside to jack but jack the others are in the garden and it was the life out of me to see babs kitty comes down centre table sits right well don't it's a large garden keep out of his way pushing charlie off left exit charlie jack going behind table centre to kitty at last miss verdun my dear kitty we are alone kitty teasing don't you think it was rather selfish of us mr chesney to send them away like that well we tossed for it kitty turning in mock surprise 
What? I mean, uh, they'll be much happier together, alone. And it seems as if I could never get five minutes with you safe from some miserable interruption. Indeed, I was beginning to fear you'd think me very rude, neglecting you as I have done. Kitty, an undercurrent of teasing running through all her scene. Oh, no, not at all. I quite understand. I couldn't expect you to devote yourself entirely to me. Rising and crossing left. Indeed, we've had a very pleasant time, and now... Yes, and now? Following her down right of table. I was thinking we ought to be going now. Go? Now? Good gracious, no! Kitty, with elevated eyebrows. Why not? Before I've had a word with you? With enthusiasm. Oh, my dear Miss Bedon, Kitty. Approaching Kitty suddenly, left. About to put an arm round her waist. Kitty draws herself up and a little away in surprise, with a look of comic inquiry. Jack pulls himself up. Won't you sit down? Offers chair left centre, then goes behind centre table. I have something to say to you of importance. Kitty sits left of table centre. Indeed, Mr. Chesney? Yes. Moving round right to front of table centre. You know, Miss Verdun, there are times when a fellow's got to think a lot and think long. I suppose so. Putting right hand unconsciously on table. Jack, centre. And there are times when a fellow mustn't stop to think, or if he does, he'll spoil his chance. Yes. Well then, Miss Verdun, Kitty, my dear Kitty. About to take her hand. Enter Sir Francis, left. Oh, I uh, beg pardon. Jack moves right. Kitty rises to go. No, don't mind me. I only wanted a word with my boy here. Kitty to Sir Francis. Oh, then I'll run into the garden. Sir Francis crosses behind center table, upright. Kitty catches Jack's eye. He crosses to her left. And see the roses and primroses and cabbages and things. Exit left. Jack turning to center. Well, dead. Anything important? Sir Francis coming down right to Jack, center. Yes, Jack, it is. Oh? Uh, what is it? You know I'd do anything to see you get on in the world and make a mark, as I know you will if you get your chance. You needn't tell me all this, Dad. Well, Jack, having thought it over, I've decided that you shall continue the career I originally mapped out for you, and seeing a way out of the difficulty... I've determined to take your advice, my boy, and marry a lady of wealth. I see. You've fallen a victim to the fascinations of some young and lovely... No, Jack, she's not lovely, and I'm afraid she is not over young. But she has one thing in her favor. She has money, which, after all, is the real object in this instance. All right, Dad. As long as you are satisfied, go in and win. And I have to thank you, my boy, for the tip. Thank me for the tip? I don't remember, Dad. Who is she? What's her name? You'll be delighted when I tell you. Yes, well? Can't you guess? No, Dad, I can't. Dona Lucia d'Alva Dorez. Slapping Jack on the shoulder and crossing left-center. What? Goes right-center. Aside. Deuce! Turning to Sir Francis. Dad, this is impossible. 
Impossible? Why, you yourself suggested it. And for your sake, my lad, I'm going to do it. But, Dad, you can't. Sir Francis, with a look off left. Can't? Why not? Gravely, moving a little nearer to Jack, center. Is there anything against the lady's uh, reputation? No, but you mustn't. You can't. Mustn't? Can't? Why, Jack, what a boy you are. Didn't you tell me to go to the hotel, change my things, put a flower in my buttonhole? Lifting lapel of coat to indicate carnation. And by George, Jack, I believe the flower's done the trick. She gave it away, Dad. My dear boy. Slight nudge. She's explained all that. Goes upstage, left center, and returns downstage, very self-satisfied. Jack, aside. This is horrible. Aloud. But, Dad, circumstances have altered since then. Sir Francis, coming center. In what way? You know you're too good. You're not the man to be thrown away like this. Sir Francis, hand on Jack's shoulder. Say no more, my boy. Your consideration for me settles it. Crosses right. It will put you forward years. Had she been young and lovely, she wouldn't have looked at me. As it is, I flatter myself that she's taken rather a fancy to me, and as for old Spettigew, in spite of his marked attentions, I don't think he has the ghost of a chance with me. Goes up right center. Jack, aside in horror, going down left center. Old Spettigew, attentions great. Heavens, what are we doing? Turning aloud. Uh, Dad! Sir Francis, by Arch. So wish me luck, Jack, wish me luck. Uh, take time, Dad. Uh, think it over. Sir Francis, heroically. Think it over? That's not the way an old soldier makes love. Briskly. I'm going into your rooms to get myself a rattling good spanking brandy and soda to bring me up to the mark. Exit Sir Francis to rooms. Jack, crossing right. Great Scott, what's the young monkey doing? Enter Charlie left, quickly. Charlie crossing to Jack, right center. Jack, Jack, I wish you'd speak to Babs. He's carrying on disgracefully. He's taken Amy away from me and gone off round the garden with her. Well, that's nothing to what's going on here. Cork pops loudly off in rooms. Both turn. Charlie listens, surprised. Hear that? Yes. What is it? My dad getting himself a rattling good spanking brandy and soda. Brandy and soda? What for? To propose. To Babs. That's all. Goes down right. Charlie goes center. I knew something awful would come of this. We shall be found out and disgraced. How could you let it go on? Jack coming center. Well, don't blame me. It was the fault of your muddle-headed aunt not knowing her own mind and leaving us in the lurch. Crossing. I could strangle her. Charlie following Jack left, helplessly. Uh, what shall we do? We must find Babs and put him up to the governor's game. Charlie dazed. Find Babs? But Jack! Come on, we can go round the garden different ways until we've got him. 
pushing Charlie across. Charlie turning to Jack. But, Jack, can't you end this horrible? Oh, shut up. We must keep our heads now or we'll ruin everything. Come on. Pushes Charlie off left. Exits after Charlie left. Re-enters Sir Francis from rooms, wiping moustache after his drink. Sir Francis, coming down right center. Now, I'm ready for anybody or anything. Looks at watch. Why doesn't she come? Crossing left center. I didn't tell the dear boy, particularly when he raised objections, but she promised to meet me here in ten minutes. And time's up. Time's up. Looking off left. Enter Spedigue through arch, up right center. Comes down looking off right. Does not see Sir Francis. Sir Francis hears step. Raising hat, turning center. Oh, my dear Don. Raising their hats, they meet center and turn away abruptly. Sir Francis aside. That old fool Spedigue, and with my flower in his coat. To Spedigue. Are you, uh, looking for anybody? No. Looks off right. Sir Francis aside. What's he hanging about here for? Aloud, struggling to be civil. Are you in want of anything? Light cigarette out of box on table center. Sits. Spedigue, right. No, I was only thinking it was a very lovely afternoon. Perhaps you haven't seen the garden. It's looking very beautiful. You ought to give it a good look before you go. I will. Blowing smoke. Before I go. Spedigue looks off right again. Sir Francis aside. What is he stopping here for? Aloud. Have a cigarette? No, thank you. I never smoke in the daytime. Aside. Why does he remain? Looking at his watch. She promised to meet me here in ten minutes, and time's up, time's up. Going up arch to right center. Sir Francis, aside. What's he stopping for? I must tell him to go. Spedigue, aside. I wish I could think of something to get rid of him. Sir Francis, aloud, rising, strolls right. Well, as you are not smoking... Oh, don't mind me. Crossing behind table to up left unconcernedly don't mind me sir francis turning to spedigue i was only thinking perhaps it would be well if you rejoined the ladies in the garden they might think it rude both of us being away sits right of table holding up his cigarette spedigue coming down left perhaps so perhaps so aside at left entrance she's in the garden Exit left. Sir Francis, rising. Well, she doesn't appear to be coming. I think I'll go and have another. Going up right center. Enter Jack, left. I say, Dad, you haven't seen Donna Luzia, have you? Sir Francis, coming down right center. No, Jack, I've not. Jack, aside. That's fortunate. I'm waiting for her here. Waiting for her? Here? Yes, I've an appointment with her. I didn't tell you before, Jack, but she's due. In fact, she's overdue. So get out, my boy. Get out. Looks off right. Jack, aside. They mustn't meet till I've seen him. Aloud. 
Now I come to think of it, Dad, I saw her only a moment ago. Oh, where? Coming center. Jack, pointing off left. In the garden. In the garden? Crossing left, hurriedly. Hang it, I've just sent old Spedigue there. Exit Sir Francis, left. I know Babs isn't there, but where on earth has he got to? Crossing right. Enter Charlie, up left. Jack, hearing steps, turns. To Charlie. Well, have you found him? Charlie, coming down center dejectedly, hat on back of head. No, I haven't. Do you? No, and I've looked all over the place for him. So have I. And the worst of it, he's got Amy with him. It's a shame. I'll kill the little monkey when I get hold of him. Charlie, catching sight of Lord Fancourt and Amy off right. Swings Jack round, facing right. Look at him. Isn't it too bad? Enter Lord Fancourt and Amy, together right, arm in arm. Amy crosses to left of Charlie. Oh, Mr. Wickham, there you are. Did you think you'd lost us? Yes, I I'm afraid I did. Moves with Amy to center. Jack, right center, aside to Lord Fancourt. Where have you been with that girl, you fool? Nowhere. Stop where you are. I've something to tell you. Oh, have you? Flounces round, kicking out skirt backwards. Goes up to Arch, right center. Charlie, has Miss Pettigrew seen the chapel? Aside to Charlie, as he passes him across to right. Take her away while I tell Babs. Aloud, walking between them to Arch, right. You must see the chapel. It's an awfully pretty chapel. Exit Amy, right. Lord Fancourt comes down left of Jack by Arch, right. Charlie, about to exit, turns angrily. Jack, I'll punch his hat if he does it again. Lord Fancourt comes aggressively to Charlie. Jack between. Charlie, irritated, strikes down at Lord Fancourt over Jack's shoulder. Lord Fancourt tips Charlie's hat off jeeringly with his closed fan. Jack hustles Charlie off right. Jack, turning savagely, stalks Lord Fancourt with long strides and without speaking to left. Lord Fancourt, backing before Jack to left. What the deuce do you mean by this game? What game? You promised to help us. Well, I'm doing my best. Doing your best? Your business was to look after those two old chaps, and here you are. Exasperated, turns and strides away right. But I've no wish to argue. Lord Fancourt follows closely in silence, striding in step behind Jack. Speaks when right center. No, I shouldn't argue if I were you. Listen, I want to put you on your guard. On my guard? Oh, thank you. Yes. My dad's going to propose to you. Oh, is he? That's all right. Stop suddenly, center. Well, I'm not going to marry him for you or anybody else. I'll see you hanged first. Jack, going to him. Of course not, you idiot. All you've got to do is to be calm and refuse him. Calm and refuse him? But a proposal puts anyone in a flutter. You know that. All you've got to do is to remember that you're a real old lady. How the dickens am I to remember that I'm a real old lady? Lift skirt and petticoat together, showing trousers to knees. With my trousers on. Jack, pulling down Lord Fancourt's skirt. 
Never mind your trousers. Looking off left. Look out. Here's the dad. I'm off. Going up to Arch, right center. Lord Fancourt following up after Jack, right center, and grabbing him. Yes, but what am I to say? Looking toward left, anxiously. I've never been proposed to before. Jack in archway. Oh, say he's taken you by surprise. But whatever you do, mind you, refuse him. Oh, yes. I'll refuse him. Exit Jack through arch to right. Lord Fancourt hides between arch and door to rooms. Sir Francis enters left, looking at watch. Really, it's too bad. Crosses right, looks off. She made the proposition herself. Crossing up stage to left. It was a definite proposition of her own. Well. Coming down left. Ladies are proverbial, unpunctual, but... Lord Fancourt, peeping round corner, appears in archway right centre. Holding up finger with fichu, neckcloth, archly to Sir Francis. Ooh! Ooh! Sir Francis turns, sees Lord Fancourt, raises hat. Lord Fancourt looks coyly at Sir Francis and swings end of fichu gaily round and round. Sir Francis, putting on hat again. Ah, dear Dona Lucia, here you are. I was beginning to be afraid. Crossing right. And popped into the garden to find you. Lord Fancourt, with long strides, steals quickly across to upper left entrance, and is nearly off as Sir Francis says, It's so good of you to come. Turns. Lord Fancourt, seeing Sir Francis turn, stops up left. His attempt to bolt is frustrated. Sir Francis sees Lord Fancourt at upper left entrance. Won't you sit down? Lord Fancourt sits left of center table. Sir Francis aside. By Jove, got her at last. Now for the plunge. I'll begin with a compliment. Looks at Lord Fancourt, then away again. I wonder what's her real age. However, a woman's never too old for a compliment. So here goes. Coming to table. Clears throat. <clears throat> Lord Fancourt clears throat, too. No, no, Lucia. You'll pardon the rude metaphor of an old campaigner, I'm sure. But to meet you today for the first time, as I have done, is to me like a lonely traveler coming across some uh, bright little floweret. Their eyes meet, indicating left. By the wayside. Lord Fancourt looks left, then to Sir Francis. Do you mean me? Yes, Dona Lucia, yes. Goes down right, aside. By Georgia, that's a good start. Lord Fancourt, aside. What am I to say to that, I wonder? Aloud. Oh, yes. I think that's very nice and very kind of you. Sir Francis turns away right, aside. By George, she looks anything between fifty and a hundred. Jack appears in arch at back, right center. Shakes fist at Lord Fancourt, who cocks a snook at him, unseen by Sir Francis. As Sir Francis turns, Lord Fancourt converts snook into stroking front hair, looking innocently at Sir Francis. Jack retires right, unseen by Sir Francis. Sir Francis, aside. Well, I've put myself to it, so I must come to the point. <clears throat> what? Again? Sir Francis going to right of table. Aloud, bluffly. Dona Lucia, do you know what a man longs for when he's lonely? 
desolate and wretched a drink sir francis goes down right aside what a woman doesn't help one bit up to right of table aloud no dona lucia this is what he longs for he longs to plant in his own heart that bright little floweret i know by the wayside pointing left that one does he really sir francis heartily yes dona lucia yes with lover-like intention and i have come all the way from india to find that little floweret you must be tired indicating chair take a chair thank you sits left of table centre puts hat crown downwards on table it's a long way dona lucia oh quite a long walk but i have found it then why don't you wear it in your buttonhole pointing ah uh, will you let me or will it be given away to another as you did before ah yes i remember i was a naughty girl this morning putting corner of fichu in mouth shaking it to and fro coyly and putting right hand unconsciously on table sir francis looking away cautiously but dear lucia places hand on that of lord fancourt's for a second and giving it a pat then removes it and looks off right again lord fancourt taking hand off table aside he's getting on the floweret i mean must sit at the head of my table walk by my side dwell in my heart forever places right hand on heart and with left hand slightly moves hat looks away right lord fancourt rising and looking quickly into hat sits again aside he's going to show me a conjuring trick sir francis bluffly again but i'll waste no more words i'll come to the point with a soldier's bluntness will you be my wife quick gasp from lord fancourt will you be my little floweret well you see then remembering jack's words you've taken me so much by surprise then i may hope i'm afraid not no don't hope i wouldn't hope if i were you i beg pardon dona lucia do i understand rises i must refuse you the fact is i am another's another's turns away right i say don't be downhearted i'll tell you what i'll do if you like sir francis turning eagerly yes yes i will be a sister to you a sister only a sister only a sister nothing more and no words of mine can alter your decision i'm afraid not you see i'm in a more peculiar position than i could ever explain i am a woman with a history then it is quite useless our prolonging this interview goes to back of table and you will accept my regrets and picks up hat and goes down left apologies for ever having broached the subject oh certainly any time you're passing sir francis puts on hat aside refused what a relief i'm sorry though for my boy's sake sir francis exits left enter jack upright centre from right lord fancourt rising 
Well, here's a nice position. Jack meeting Lord Fancourt center. You fool! What did you want to make a fool of my dad like that for? Lord Fancourt rapidly. I didn't make a fool of the fool, you fool. Did you hear what he called me? Yes, a flowerette. Yes, by the wayside. That's a nice thing, isn't it? Why didn't you cut him short and refuse him at once? I couldn't refuse him until he proposed. No lady could. Why, I shall find myself in the divorce court before I know where I am. Looks off left. Sees Spedigue, crossing quickly in front of Jack. Look out, here's old Spedigue. Turning to Jack again, pulls up sleeve, which shows shirt cuff, shaking fist. I shall land him on. I know I shall. I'm off. Takes up skirts and runs off quickly through archway down right. Jack in front of center table. Enter Spedigue left. Spedigue to Jack as he enters. Ah, Mr. Chesney, have you seen... Sees Lord Fancourt off through archway down right. Ah. Absently pushes Jack who sits suddenly on table center. Spedigue exits hurriedly by archway right. What the deuce did he boat like that for? Anyhow, they don't wreck my future happiness. Rising looks off right. I must find Kitty. Why couldn't Charlie's aunt behave like a lady and turn up as she promised? Going left. Instead of giving us all this trouble. I hate the sight of her before I've even seen her. Exit left. A pause. Donna Lucia off. First door to the left. Thank you very much. Enter Donna Lucia with open sunshade framing her head, and Ella by archway right center from right. Donna Lucia is a well-preserved, beautiful, kindly woman of middle age, with a young face but gray hair. She has a keen sense of humor and is capable of taking command of any situation. On no account sentimental, but with a deep feeling of real sentiment in her nature. This part should be played gaily, with a light, firm touch of comedy, amusement dominating her performance, and she dominating the situations from now on. Wears afternoon summer dress and coat to match, hat and gloves, and carries several visiting cards in her purse bag. Ella Delahaye is a young, pretty, unaffected little girl of seventeen or twenty. Also has a sense of humor and high spirits. This part should not be played either sloppily or sentimentally. Wears summer dress and hat, and carries purse bag and gloves. Donna Lucia looks round, then crosses behind table to left. The first door to the left, the man said, Ella. Ella at door upright center. Yes, here it is. Reads on door. Mr. John Chesney. To Donna Lucia. Shall I knock? Yes, do, my dear. Ella knocks. Donna Lucia, coming down left center, thoughtfully. Chesney. Hmm. The name sounds familiar. To Ella. Why couldn't my nephew remain in his rooms and not compel me to follow him about like this? Ella, coming right center. You telegraphed to say you couldn't come. Donna Lucia, smiling. I know, my dear. And then you changed your mind. Donna Lucia, moving to left of table. Yes, for about the first time in my life. Why? Ah, oh, some vague desire to see him without his knowing. Knock again, dear. 
Closes sunshade. Ella knocks. Ella coming down right. The porter said they might all be in the garden. With childlike enthusiasm. Ah, oh, I could roam about these old places all day. Isn't it all beautiful? Looking about excitedly. <laughs> Dream away, Ella. I shall wait till someone comes. Sits left of table. Ella right center. Looking round, thrilled, quickly. Oh, to live among these leafy shades, ancient spires and sculptured nooks, like silent music. <sighs> A scholar's fairyland. Donna Lucia with quiet humor. <laughs> but to one poor sublunary being, not quite so young as she used to be, a little fatiguing. Ella behind right chair of center table, impetuously to Donna Lucia. And how lovely it must be by moonlight, where the shadows have no sudden fears, but are only folds in the mantle of sleep, and all is peace. And the silver bells chime to the sentinel angel of the night, who smiles to heaven and whispers back, All's well, sweet bells, all's well. <laughs> you fanciful little woman but what has put all this about angels and so forth into your head to-day ella going behind table to centre absently oh i don't know donna lucia teasingly oh i think i can trace back all the little byways and slyways of thought that generally lead in one direction Ella going quickly to left of Donna Lucia and kneels. Oh no, it's all so sweet here. Donna Lucia mischievously. So it was there, by moonlight, seen from the bridge of a certain yacht, the rippling sea, the blue night, and brilliant stars. <laughs> you see how I remember your words. And a certain someone who told you as you listened to the chime of the ship's bell that you looked like the angel of the watch he was a flattering-tongued person that someone what was his name again ella looking down shyly i've told you so often donna lucia looking straight ahead with a smile <laughs> lord fancourt babbley fraction of a pause to Ella. But I don't want your mind fixed on these things, my dear. Why, I'd almost forgotten to tell you, I've invested your poor father's money for you, and thanks to his forethought for his little girl, he has rendered you independent for life, and, what is worse, independent of me. Ella thoughtfully. Independent? But you won't be, Ella ella affectionately no for i've grown to love the little orphan i met in such grief in a strange land so much that i am not independent of her so let's make a bargain put that dreadful evidence of my dependence aside and let it grow and be my little girl and call me auntie will you ella rising and kissing donna lucia yes auntie yes going behind chair right centre slight pause 
how did your poor father come to have so large a sum of money by him like that i thought he'd lost it all ella diffidently papa won it at cards won it at cards when ella looking down during his illness from whom ella reluctantly from lord fancourt beverley oh is lord beverley a gambler too no donna lucia seeing the position and smiling to herself oh slight pause ella eagerly but auntie if we ever meet may i give it back <laughs> i don't think he'd take it why not it seems to me he took too much trouble to lose it but i'm not going to speak for him i don't want you ever to leave me pause ah oh, my dear <laughs> you've set me thinking now have i what about ella crosses back to left of donna lucia oh all about someone who oh do tell me Niels. <laughs> it was before i went abroad to brazil i was very young and he was very shy he never called me the angel of the watch but he did get as far as a stammering compliment and a blush and then and then donna lucia with a mock heroic wave of the hand then he was ordered off with his regiment ella with slight diffidence without ever without ever with finality ella regretfully oh auntie sits back on heels looking up at donna lucia tiny pause donna lucia softly reminiscently with slight touch of sentiment almost like a young girl it was at a dance the evening before he went away ella keeps same tone as donna lucia so as not to break her memory and you've never loved anyone since donna lucia smiling quietly <laughs> i was a sentimental young lady in those days what was his name auntie frank chesney rises recollecting with quick glance towards door how strange ella rises upright centre enter sir francis left donna lucia turning to sir francis oh i'm afraid we're intruding oh not at all raising his hat and crossing with a slight bow right the college grounds are open to everyone crosses right i am so to speak at home here merely because these are my son's rooms turns to donna lucia indicating rooms with a step towards right centre mister sir francis stopping down right chesney ella goes quietly up left turns and watches scene and you pardon my asking are you or rather were you lieutenant frank chesney sir francis interested i was and you don't remember me 
I acknowledge with regret that I have, um, no recollection, whatever. But sounding as though he wished he had. <laughs> it must be more than twenty years since. Turning to Ella, who has come down left centre. Sir Francis, a little let down by the time, and trying to recall. Twenty years. Donna Lucia, aside to Ella, with mock concern. <laughs> he doesn't remember me taking out several cards from card-case and looking them through. Twenty years is a long time, Auntie. Sir Francis, facing audience downright, aside. Twenty years? Where was the regiment then, I wonder? Donna Lucia reads card. Mrs. Beverly Smythe. Aside to Ella. Everyone's card but my own, of course. Puts it under case. To Sir Francis then you've forgotten the day you first embarked for india no but you've forgotten the evening before sir francis with a smile of recollection no donna lucia holding out hand then sir francis slowly surprised and delighted lucy takes off hat with left hand going to donna lucia and taking her hand good gracious ella goes up left turns and watches scenes sympathetically sir francis growing quietly excited and to think that at that very dance um, but you don't remember that of course let's go her hand puts on hat again no no because you never knew but that night by george i nearly made you an avowal that ah uh... looking at her admiringly and we've never met in all that time nearly sees her pretended dismay well over twenty years we'll say donna lucia smiling i'm afraid so ella comes down left centre i remember the dance perfectly you were in white tied up with blue donna lucia laughing to ella <laughs> tied with blue like a chocolate box sir francis with enthusiasm you must see my son he's a splendid fellow turning and going a little upstage these are his rooms or rather he has lent them to a college friend a young fellow named wycan returning right centre donna lucia interested yes wycan who is entertaining some ladies uh, two young ladies donna lucia smiles at ella and his aunt donna lucia puzzled turns to sir francis his aunt a lady from brazil donna lucia astonished looks front from brazil yes donna lucia d'alverdores i must introduce you goes upright a step or two Ella quickly aside to her auntie what does he mean sir francis returns downright donna lucia aside to ella wait a minute my dear turning to sir francis do i understand you to say that donna lucia d'alvadores is here actually here in the garden with look off right or was five minutes ago do you know her i i've heard of her turning centre aside 
half to ella and half to herself shall i stay and see this out or return to town and absently fingering card may i trouble you holding out hand for card donna lucia with quick look at sir francis gives wrong card certainly sir francis reading mrs beverly smythe crossing behind table to left ella going to donna lucia auntie shh, shh, shh. sir francis down left i'll find donna lucia and the boys or perhaps you wouldn't mind coming into the garden to them donna lucia picking up sunshade by table crossing ella to centre with pleasure i am quite curious to see them to sir francis introducing my niece miss della hay how do you do er colonel sir francis slight bow sir francis chesney at left entrance come ella ella and donna lucia exit left sir francis at left entrance replaces hat on head enthusiastically ah jack my boy if that had been donna lucia things might have been very different exits left after them end of act two part one